Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to Wisdom's Echo. My name is Parker Thomaston, and I'll be sharing an insight of the day. Uh, what's been on my heart lately and what, I, what I've chosen to speak with you about today uh, is concerning progression and how we have the opportunity to create an environment of progression. Uh, generally, what I personally prefer to do when addressing a topic is I want to know what that word means and why is that subject important to me? So let's go ahead and define progression. Okay, progression is the process of developing or gradually moving towards a more advanced state. So progress would mean that you move forward into a better condition or situation than you previously found yourself to be in. Um, One of the most popular scriptures that deals with progression uses a word called increase, right? And um, and that is a Hebrew word called marbeh. And uh, please forgive my pronunciation. I do live in Alabama and, uh, and so I'm going to try my best uh, to pronounce these words the right way. Dr. Yana and Miss Darla are the pros at this. And so uh, I hope they're not just shaking their head at me right now on that pronunciation. But Isaiah chapter 9 verse 7 says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So this word that defines of the increase, uh, I'm not going to entertain you by saying it again in case I got it wrong, Uh, but it's made up of four friends of Eber, four Hebrew letters that is Mem, Resh, Beit, and Hay. And the way that I've defined increase due to the relationship that I have with these living letters is this. And this is what progression means to me. Receiving and releasing a frequency of heaven that simultaneously opens and closes the gate of the source of the supply of heaven unto the one requesting access. By the renewing of our mind, we prepare ourselves to move into a position of abiding within increase. We are not only covered, but also we become that covering for Yahweh to be seated within us as we breathe in cadence with the breath of Yahweh. So not only in the same timing, but also releasing the same frequency of power. One of the the primary factors of increase has always been for me codependent upon the environment that I've created. So by environment, I'm talking about two things, where I'm positioned and who I'm joined with. So I want to share a story with you today uh, that really kind of rocked my world, to be honest with you, no pun intended, um, but it has to do with atmosphere. Um, it has to do with environment, and it also has to do with recognizing value as well. So this is like a... Um, just kind of like an old tale, uh, a wisdom proverb uh, story, if you will, that has to do with worth. So one day a young boy asked his father, he said, what is the value of my life? And so instead of answering the question, the father told his son, and and I want to just pause right here. Um, it's so important also uh, that, we, that we're not so quick to answer questions when people ask us, you know, I'm a, I'm a teacher, 
And um, I'm a high school teacher. I'm also the principal of Legacy Learning Online, uh, which is an incredible business uh, venture that we have with uh, my spiritual father, Apostle Aaron Smith, uh, Grant Mahoney, and Stevie McKee. Um, And we're basically redefining learning. And what I mean by that, this is a quick plug. I apologize. Uh, for the commercial, but um, but what I mean by that is too often we give answers to questions for the children to to memorize uh, rather than creating questions that give them an opportunity to learn. So here we've got the boy asking his father a question, but instead of answering, the father put his son on a journey that would allow him to be able to learn from his own experience. So the father told the son and said, take this rock and go sell it at the market. If anybody asked the price, raise two fingers and don't say anything instructed the father the boy then went to the market and a woman asked how much is this rock i want to put it in my garden so the boy obeying what his father had told him didn't say a word he raised up two fingers and the woman said two dollars i'll take it so the boy went home and he told his father a woman wants to buy this rock for two dollars Then the father said, son, I want you to take this rock to a museum. If anybody wants to buy it, don't say a word, just put up two fingers. So the boy went to the museum and a man showed up wanting to buy the rock. The boy didn't say a word, so he put up two fingers. The man said, $200, I'll take it. So the boy was shocked. You know, he he ran home to his father, told his father, dad, a man wants to buy this rock for $200. And his father said, son, the last place that I want you to take this rock is to a precious stone store. Show it to the owner and don't say a word. And if he asks the price, just raise your two fingers. So the son then ran into a precious stone store. He showed the rock to the owner and the, the owner said, where did you find this stone? This is one of the rarest stones in the world, and I must have it. How much would you sell it for? The boy put up his two fingers, and the man said, I will take it for $200,000. The boy, not knowing what to say, ran home to his father and told him, there's a man that wants to buy this stone for $200,000. And his father then asked, son, do you know the value of your life now? It matters where you decide your plate to place yourself. And so you see that it doesn't matter where you come from, where you're born, the color of your skin, how much money you're born into. It matters where we choose to allow ourselves to flourish and grow. It, it, it depends upon the people that we surround ourselves with and how we choose to carry ourselves. So you may have lived your whole life thinking that you're a $2 stone that belongs in someone else's garden. You may have lived your whole life surrounded by people that saw your work to only be a few dollars, but everybody has a precious diamond and treasure inside of them. And we can choose to surround ourselves with people that see our value and see that treasure within us. So we can choose to put ourselves in a market or we can choose to put ourselves in that precious stone store. You can also choose to see that same value in other people. You can help other people to see that treasure within themselves. So one of the primary factors of, of progression, of increase, has been the environment that I've created. And again, what I'm, what I'm talking about are two things, where I'm positioned and who I'm joined to. So my question to you today is this, what does your environment look like? And um, there's a few scripture 
references that I that I want to mention uh, today, and and we're going to kind of dig into this thing a little more. And I, I hope you find this to be encouraging because Yahweh is is not only jealous of your sound in a sense that he. He doesn't want just anyone to hear it, but he's also jealous in a sense that he wants to regulate what influences we have in our lives that help determine that value. So let's look at Luke chapter 14. Uh, You may be driving down the road or at a place where you can't read your Bible. Good for you. I'm going to narrate the scripture for you. I'll share it with you and then kind of share some of my thoughts pertaining to the reference. So Luke chapter 15 verse 14 says this, with everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry for there was a severe famine in the land. So he begged a farmer in that country to hire him and the farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. The son was so famished. We're talking about a story better known as the prodigal son here um, or the rich young ruler, uh, which I've I've heard Apostle Damon Thompson uh, refer to this story as is, is that which is his true identity. Um, on that, I, I know I'm, I'm breaking into an, a thought here, um, but the reason that proper identification is so important is because it's it's just really in the nature of the religious system denying the power of, of who Yahweh is. It's a form of godliness, but denies the power, denies his presence, um, denies his goodness. And so the religious system always identifies people, um, even in the New Testament, by their mistakes. It's part of that Greek Roman thinking of, of, of just being able to see someone by mistakes that they've made and continuing to identify them by that, even though they've been delivered. Um, so keep that in mind as we, we read this story. It's not about a prodigal son. It's about a redeemed son whose relationship was restored with his father and his family. So verse 16 says, the son was so famished that he was willing to even eat at the slop given to the pigs because no one would feed him a thing. Humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing and he thought, there are many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. So why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs? and eating their slop. So I want to take a look at a few things that I find to be important in this story. And the first one is that there was a severe famine. So it was not uncommon for families to be without, but it was uncommon for this son to experience lack because his father was very wealthy. Um, he was humiliated because he knew that there was more. And, and I find the problem is out of a position of compromise, we we find ourselves willing to accept whatever is made available. I, I could guarantee you that if you were to to jump back two years prior to this story happening and tell this son, hey, you're going to be eating pig slop, you know, the food given to the pigs because you're going to be so famished and, and be without. And, and he would probably say, man, get out of here. You have no idea who my father is. You have no idea where I live, what my upbringing is like. And, and here he found himself in that position. So I believe this happens to us 
too often as mature sons and daughters of Yahweh that we are willing to compromise because we're out of position. So we accept whatever has made been made available to us and, and try to identify it as a blessing. Um, in fact, he was humiliated because he knew that there was more that was available to him. And one of the most dangerous things about being out of position is that that settling will take place on the appearance of a blessing. And, and so we should never allow something with a diminished value to become the thing that we desire. And in the most common way that this happens is when you stop desiring who and what has an adequate valuation. And so when we, we choose to, to allow ourselves to become distracted and we take our focus off of Yahweh and His goodness to us, then, then we begin to settle. And everything that we receive after that happens is a compromise in relation to the abundance that Yahweh desires. And so why why are we talking about this tonight? Why are we talking about pigs, pig slop? Um, Yahweh is revealing the relationship between the pigs in the aforementioned parable of the, the rich young ruler, the prodigal son, and the pigs that Yeshua addressed in Matthew chapter 7. And so... Let's look at this scripture real quick. Matthew chapter 7, verse 6. It says this, Who would hang earrings on a dog's ear? This is the Passion Translation. Or throw pearls in front of wild pigs? They'll only trample them under their feet and then turn around and tear you to pieces. So why dogs and pigs? In in 2 Peter chapter 2, um, it says in verse 22, But it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed into her wallowing in the mire. These animals are described as being unclean and scavengers. And I believe that the warning was not just with the unbelievers, but rather other people who have wasted or buried their talents and are looking to do the same with yours. There are cycles that take place when there's an inability to recognize worth that remains present in the heart of a believer or an unbeliever. And those cycles are that we are too fearful to trust that Yahweh has equipped us to prosper. And so out of that fear, we choose to bury the things that He's allowed for us to possess that we are meant to progress with and allow increase to be found prevalent in our lives. And so it's just as easy to recognize people that you shouldn't cast the valuable things that you possess is to recognize the ones you should. And so let this be a word of of encouragement that we honor those people, that we hold them close. I've heard um, Sir Ian and Grant and Sam speak on the holding people in your heart. And in fact, they said that there's a very small group of people that Yahweh has given them that they have chosen to hold in their hearts uh, to be able to pray and lift up and walk in communion with. But Yahweh places people in your life that are honorable people that we should thank Yahweh and for we should thank him for joining us to them and we should thank him for the the 
the glory that they carry and 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 the things that they invest into our lives um, because they are honorable people and and we've been taught that honor flows both ways. It's not just a dictatorship that you worship the person that holds the authority. No, uh, Yeshua was the greatest representation of a servant that we could ever understand, and he had all of the authority of heaven and earth made tangible at his possession. And so, family, I thank you for engaging with us on these podcasts. It is such an honor and a privilege for me to be a part. Um, I always look forward to this opportunity. So thank you again for listening today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you walk away encouraged to know that Yahweh desires for you to progress into the fullness of who He has created for you to be with proper position and rightful possession in your heart and in your hands. Love you, family. Look forward to the next time that we have to be able to join together.